and I, Ed Peters, welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We continue today in Matthew chapter 4, moving on to verses 12 through 17. We have just completed our focus on the threefold temptation of Jesus covered by Matthew in the opening 11 verses of this fourth chapter. This took place following the baptism of Christ by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. Now, beginning here with verse 12, Matthew describes for us the beginning of Christ's public ministry uh, at Capernaum. Matthew tells us that Jesus withdrew from the Jerusalem area because John had been taken by Herod and put in prison. So we see Jesus shifting his headquarters from the south to the north, from Nazareth, his hometown, to Capernaum. Matthew does not give us the details of this move, but we learn from other Gospels that Jesus had been rejected by his hometown. Capernaum became his headquarters and continued as such, as far as we can tell, until the hour that he went to Jerusalem to be crucified. Matthew does give us the reason for the moving his headquarters from Nazareth to Capernaum, He records it to show that in everything the Lord Jesus did, he was moving in fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies. Now, here are verses 12 through 17, and Matthew writes, When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he left Judea and returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. But soon he moved to Capernaum beside the Lake of Galilee, close to Zebulun and Naphtali. This fulfilled Isaiah's prophecy. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali beside the lake and the countryside beyond the Jordan River and Upper Galilee, where so many foreigners lived, there the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. They sat in the land of death, and the light broke through upon them. From then on, Jesus began to preach. Turn from sin and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Hey, hey, hey. 
Now, here with today's study is Pastor Henry Horder. A good and godly man is imprisoned by a cruel, evil despot. There's nothing new in that statement. It happened throughout history and is still happening. Innocent people are convicted all the time by cruel and unfair courts. That seems to be the nature of the case. Good and evil do not mix. They are antithetical. Ever since Cain clubbed godly Abel, has evil tried to conquer good? It shouldn't surprise us that decent people must suffer at the hands of an evil world. Abel was clubbed, Noah was jeered, Joseph was dumped in a pit, and finally sold to get rid of the holy kid. Elijah was hounded, and so on and on. Jesus was crucified. Now John the Baptist found himself in prison. Matthew writes that when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he returned to Galilee. That's chapter 4, verse 12. Why? Why was John imprisoned? I'll come back to this when I come to Matthew 14. But John saw clear, outright, bold sin in King Herod. Herod had seduced his brother's wife and put away his own. John had the courage to publicly denounce the king's sin. In that part of the world at that time, that took courage. To do that to an eastern despot was almost certain death. The attitude today is, what I do is none of anybody's business but my own. To rebuke sin in someone else today is a grave social mistake. People are very sensitive, at least in our part of the world. You don't rebuke anyone for sin. That just is not to be done. So most of us don't want to get involved. John the Baptist had a proper view of sin. Sin needed to be exposed, recognized, and the sinner called to account. He publicly rebuked the king. Not a very popular move on John's part, at least not with the king. Perhaps John felt that those in authority ought to be models to be looked up to. It seems that in many countries we have come not only to tolerate but to expect elected or appointed officials to deceive us, to cheat, or to live immorally. There is another wrinkle here. Not only are we living in a time when each individual claims independence and not responsible to anyone else for private actions, but the one who throws the stone is often as guilty as the one to whom it is thrown. Now, John was clean himself, but often the ones who cast the stones are the ones who are most guilty. Jesus made that clear at the time when the woman was caught in the act of adultery. Her accusers were ready to stone her until Jesus said, He who is without sin cast the first stone. They all dropped their stones, turned, and walked away. But John was clean so that he had the right and the responsibility to call the king to account before God. Now, there's a third point. No official is beyond or outside the law. Even the Persians had that straight. Sometimes government officials feel that they are above the law. Herod, who knew what sin was, felt that he was above the law and could sin as he pleased. 
His actions were nobody's business, and he was responsible to no one. John, this itinerant desert preacher, knew otherwise, and he called the king to account. He was imprisoned in the castle of Macarius by Herod. Well, when Jesus heard that John was imprisoned, he returned to Galilee. Galilee was the northernmost province of Palestine, only about 50 miles north to south and 25 miles east to west, or about 80 by 40 kilometers. Flavius Josephus, a Jewish historian born in Jerusalem shortly after Christ, about A.D. 37 or 38, wrote that there were 204 villages in Galilee at that time, and each one had a population of more than 1,500. It was highly populated. Perhaps that's why Jesus went there to minister. Galilee was also the crossroads of the great nations. The great roads passed through or near Galilee, such as the Way of the Sea, the Via Maris, from Egypt and Africa in the south to Syria and the northern and eastern powers. It is said that while Judea was on the way to nowhere, Galilee was on the way to everywhere. Furthermore, since the great nations of the past had crisscrossed Galilee, the population was cosmopolitan. In fact, much of the population was Gentile or mixed. As such, Galilee was open to new ideas and innovations. The usual name for the province was Galilee of the Gentiles. Perhaps that's why Jesus went there to minister. I come back to chapter 4. Here is the account of Matthew's own words. He wrote chapter 4, 12 to 17. When Jesus heard that John was put in prison, he returned to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way to the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. And those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus left Nazareth, his home, and made his way to Capernaum on the northeast coast of the Sea of Galilee. He never returned to Nazareth to live. The prophecy Jesus quoted was from Isaiah 9, 1 and 2. The people in Galilee were living in darkness, and with his coming they saw a great light. The light had dawned. The Messiah and the Redeemer from sin had arrived. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Every 
What's new is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 840H, After California, 93263, USA.